It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, your team every day. That's our motto here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure to watch our show and subscribe to our show over on our Locked On Panthers YouTube channel. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss a single one of our live episodes, which we do following every single Panthers game and the final game coming up here on Sunday against New Orleans Saints at 1 o'clock Eastern time. That'll be the last time I go live following a game. But don't worry, anytime there's any breaking news, I'll also go live over on YouTube. Now, if you ever miss a YouTube episode that's on live, it's okay. You can check out every single episode of the podcast over in your podcast feed. Just be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you never miss a single edition of Locked on Panthers. And be sure to follow me. Julian Council on Twitter, at Julian Council, where every single Friday I answer weekly Friday mailbag questions. To get into the last regular season edition of the weekly Friday mailbag here on Locked On Panthers, either at me or DM me over on Twitter, at Julian Council. Today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. You ever dreamed of becoming an NFL general manager and managing your own football franchise? Then this is the game definitely for you. To download the game, just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up in the app store my listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code locked on now I do want to get into some of the rumors that have already started to come up about the Carolina Panthers and their upcoming coaching search as Steve Wilkes the interim head coach will coach his final game as the Panthers head coach here in 2022 and then we'll see I know 2022 season it's now 2023 now you understand what I'm trying to say Steve Wilkes will have one last game at the helm as Panthers interim head coach, and then we'll see whether the interim tag gets taken off or not. There's some coaches out there like Jim Harbaugh that have apparently spoken to David Tepper, and we'll get into all the rumors about Wilkes' opportunity and also uh, Jim Harbaugh and whether he could be a fit here in Carolina. We'll do that shortly, but we all know the biggest news in the NFL on Tuesday, and I'm, of course, recording this on Tuesday afternoon. I always record the day before, so hadn't been able to have any comments about what happened um, during that Monday night game between the Buffalo Bills and the Cincinnati Bengals. And I'm going to take the time to do that now. David Locke, who is our uh, fearless leader here at the uh, Locked On Podcast Network, host of the Locked On Jazz um, podcast, his his last name. That's why it's called Locked On. Uh, he wanted us all to um, comment on this, and it feels appropriate. I would have done it even without seeing his email and how to address the uh, the unfortunate situation that occurred on Monday Night Football and 
this was a game that a lot of people were fired up for. The Bengals, Bills, the winner of it would position themselves to be the top seed in the AFC heading into the playoffs and knowing just how hotly contested the AFC playoffs were last year with the Chiefs and the Bengals and, of course, the Bills as well. Home field means a hell of a lot. So this was a massive game. One of my good buddies, he was up there in Cincinnati to go watch his Bengals play that game, and everyone's fired up for it. I'm not someone who typically turns in or tunes in to Monday Night Football because I have football on Saturdays with college, and then Sunday. On Monday, I just don't have much interest. And also, ESPN doesn't really get the best game of the week anyway, and it doesn't have the same allure that it used to have. But I was tuned in, ready to go, and watching Monday Night Football. And for a moment, I took my off my off the game, they went to commercial, they came back, and there's a player down on the field. I just kind of put it on mute, as I usually do when it goes commercial. I was kind of just waiting for things uh, to play out and for everything to kind of you know, move along and get the game going. But you could see very quickly that something else was occurring on the field on Monday night. So I turn on the volume and find out that Tamar Hamlin, the safety for the Buffalo Bills, is on the field, and he's in serious condition. And we later find out that DeMar Hamlin, the Bills' safety, had a went into cardiac arrest, meaning that his heart stopped and that they had to use CPR and an AED, a defibrillator, to revive him on the field before transporting him to the University of Cincinnati Medical Center. It was a serious situation that was going on. And we've seen so many times where games a player has a mangled leg, where their foot is going the wrong direction. We've seen players get absolutely blasted and have a concussion and have to be stretched off, but give us the old good old thumbs up that they're okay. We've even seen players get paralyzed and the game continue. So when you're sitting there watching on the ground, you're feeling like this is the same thing is happening. But when all the information is starting to come out, and you're seeing the reactions from Stephon Diggs and Josh Allen and the Bengals players and the emotion that's on the player's face, this was different, man. It, it was different. And I'm sitting there watching this and listening to Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. And then when they throw it back to the studio, to Susie Colbert and to Booger McFarlane and Adam Schefter, as they're all trying to make sense of what's happening. And is this game going to continue? Should this game continue at all? And is Damar Hamlin going to be okay? Because when you go back and watch it, which I did, because I wasn't really paying attention to the game at that point in time, he tackles T. Higgins, he stands up for about two seconds, then just collapses, and immediately the medical team rushes out there to help him, but it was far more severe than we even thought it was at that point in time. Now, this isn't the first time that I've seen this happen in a game. I was watching last summer the European Championship where Christian Eriksen of Denmark Similar situation, just collapses. And he had to also be revived later on. Like, he was gone. And they brought him back. And in that situation, UEFA, which is the football federation in Europe, they continued the match. So we're seeing there throughout all of this wondering, is this game really going to continue? Are we really going to put aside the humanity of these players in the effort to continue to play and entertain millions at home, and the thousands sitting there at Paycor Stadium on Monday night. And that was a question that was circling around the broadcast, Twitter, and I'm sure everyone's hearts and minds throughout this because it, it wasn't the same. And not to say that we should ever diminish concussions as we know how serious they are and guys obviously getting paralyzed and having their entire lives changed. And, of course, even the most minor injury you might look compared to those, a head injury and being paralyzed, and, of course, going into cardiac arrest when it comes to a guy having a severe leg injury. But so oftentimes we've kind of been desensitized 
to these kind of events happening in football. It's a very dangerous game. And we saw on Monday, we don't know all that's happening as far as his health in the past, Tamar Hamlin. I'm not trying to sit here and speculate, but what we saw was a very scary scene. And there's been a lot of conversation uh, since then about the, apparently the team's being told, hey, you have five minutes to warm up. And Joe Buck mentioned that multiple times on the broadcast. You could see Joe Burrow starting to loosen up. You could see the uh, Bills players trying to, like, wrap their minds around how exactly they're going to play. Like, Stephon Diggs looked like he was uh, getting his guys together, trying to give them some sort of speech. Like, hey, let's go win this one for tomorrow, even though their entire minds are on is my teammate okay? Is my brother okay? Like, is this man going to be fine? Is he going to make it? Is he going to be, is he going to live? Like, is he going to be able to have a life outside of the hospital after this? Like what's going on here? So ESP, the NFL uh, executive vice president of football operations, Troy Vincent came out later on on Tuesday and said that he's not sure where the five minute warmup came from. I know there's something people have really been focusing on. ESPN came out and said that, you know, they were in constant com- uh, communication with the NFL. Uh, John Perry, who is their rules analyst, apparently was t- talking to the league. And it is standard protocol after a prolonged um, stoppage of play that the players have about five minutes to warm up. Then you go out there and play. But again, this was a completely different situation that was playing out. And I'm not going to sit here and bang on the NFL and rag on them for if they even said this, because they said they didn't. But however, it happened in the end, they got it right by suspending the game and saying, hey, we're not going to do this right now. Go back to the locker rooms. Take a deep breath. Let's figure out what's going on. Because I think there's also a level of grace that needs to be extended to the NFL because they are the business that doesn't really care about the players. The show must go on. Nothing's bigger. No one's bigger than the NFL. And we've seen that in the past. But I do give them credit for at least, you know, not credit, but I do offer them some grace for sitting back trying to figure out, hey, what's the right way to go about this in that situation? Because I certainly didn't know what the right way to go about it was. I'm thinking like, damn, like I hope this guy's okay. And also, like you think about the football side of it, which is obviously secondary to the human involved and the humans involved in this whole situation. Like that's a game that's going to impact the standings and quite possibly is going to have a major impact on who represents the AFC and goes to the Super Bowl and potentially wins it. But again, that's not the most important thing that's occurring. But you have to have that's a factor. The, the health and safety of the players is a factor because if they're not mentally locked in, can they play this violent game? And also wondering what's going on with DeMar Hamlin. So I understand a lot of people want to be upset with the NFL, which is, hey, that's our natural predisposition to do that because of how many mistakes that they make and how we feel about Goodell in the league and really the owners. But for me, it's like it's a tough and impossible situation to be put in. And Roger Goodell, the NFL commissioner, put out a statement on Tuesday that during last night's game between the Buffalo Bills and Cincinnati, Cincinnati Bengals, Bill safety DeMar Hamlin collapsed on the field. Uh, DeMar experienced cardiac arrest and was promptly resuscitated by on-site club physicians and independent medical personnel, all of whom are highly trained in implementing the plans for medical emergencies. DeMar was stabilized and transported to the University of Cincinnati Medical Center, a level one trauma center, where he remains in the ICU. The Bills also gave us an update saying, at least you know that evening, um, that he was in critical condition. His uh, marketing rep also kind of gave us an update saying that he had his vitals were stabilized and now back to normal but still he was on a ventilator at some point in time not quite sure whether that's still the case again recording this right before four o'clock on Tuesday January 3rd 
I haven't seen any update since I recorded it. And by the time you listen to this, maybe it's going to be different. Um, but continuing on with uh, Goodell's statement, he said, after speaking with both teams and the NFLPA leadership, I decided to postpone last night's game and have our focus remain on DeMar and his family. We are in regular contact with both clubs and with the medical team caring for DeMar, and we'll share, and we'll share additional information as we receive it. And he goes on to talk about how all the players are getting the necessary resources uh, to talk about their mental health and what they just went through because it's a very traumatic experience. Uh, he finishes off saying a short time ago, and after discussion with the two teams in NFLBA, we advised Buffalo and Cincinnati the la- that last Saints game will not be resumed this week. No decision has been made regarding the possible resumption of the game at a later date, and we have not announced any changes to this weekend's schedule. We will promptly advise all clubs of any decisions that are made regarding these matters. If you have any questions in the meantime, please call me or any of the senior staffers. So that's a statement that he put out, I guess, out to the league office, a memo that was sent out there um, to all the NFL teams today or on Tuesday. Um, so just an impossible situation. As, as I mentioned, they, we've seen situations where guys have terrible injuries, they're getting carted off, they're giving us the thumbs up, and it, the show's gone on. But the show did not go on, rightfully so, on Monday night. And all of our prayers obviously go out to DeMar Hamlin and his family and to all the players that had to sit there and watch that and see him go through all that. And, I mean, T. Higgins especially, I mean, a guy who, hey, just a normal routine play. I mean, he is one of the players – he's the player involved in it. And you have to wonder how T. Higgins is feeling. I saw um, – is it Kelsey Ann Conway who – is is it, is it some oh God? What's her name? Because I cover, I see, I I I follow her on Twitter. She covers the Bengals. Well, I don't want to get her name wrong. Um, something Conway. Sorry, just Kelsey Conway. Kelsey Conway of the Cincinnati Inquirer. She uh, covers the Bengals. She was out there outside the locker room and saw T Higgins very emotional last night, following everything that went on. So. Everything that went on last night or on Monday night was obviously horrific. Thank God the NFL made the right decision, deciding to suspend the game and now postpone it. Who knows if it gets made up? When it gets made up, that's really not a top of mind for me and probably a lot of people. What we're really concerned about is what's going to happen to Mar Hamlin, if he's going to be okay, and if not even if he doesn't play football again, if he can have a healthy life and be able to be happy and be whole and move forward. So just something that – we hope to never see again and something that we really have not seen to that extent. Like, again, we've seen guys get paralyzed. We've seen terrible injuries, but we haven't really seen that go on. And so good on the NFL for at least suspending the game and now cancel or now postponing it and for not carrying it on five minute warm up or not, whether that was true or not, I don't know, but good on them for moving forward um, and away from actually having the players out there and, We'll see what happens. So just felt like I should comment on that, was asked to do that. Also had no problem talking about that uh, here on the show. Now um, we'll have an awkward transition from talking about things that are really important to matter, um, like our health and safety, to talking about Jim Harbaugh. Um, apparently talking to David Tepper about becoming the Panthers' next head coach. So we'll get into that here in just a moment on Locked on Panthers. I'm really geeked out by our new partner and sponsor of today's episode, the mobile game ultimate football GM. You ever dream of becoming an NFL GM and managing your own football franchise? Well, your dream can come true, and this game is definitely for you. Manage every aspect of your team, play through the season, and lead your team to glory. You're responsible for hiring coaches and coordinators, trading players, making draft picks, navigating your franchise through free agency and the draft, and all the ups and downs of the season. 
All this in a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Football GM is completely free and playable offline. Play on the go as you want and when you want to. Locked On Panthers listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using promo code Locked On in the game store. That's Locked On in all caps, so make sure to check it out today. To download the game, just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up in the app stores. That's ultimate-gm.com. Ultimate Football GM, start your dynasty today. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Again, our uh, thoughts and prayers go out to Damar Hamlin and his family, the Buffalo Bills, Cincinnati Bengals, the entire the NFL. And you don't really want anyone out there who's affected by what they uh, saw um, on Monday night, as we hope that he is back and healthy and, and on the road back to you know being his self again, because that's just – Absolutely horrific what happened Monday night in that game. And, you know, whether they play again or not, not really too concerned about that. But uh, certainly hope that DeMar Hamlin is able to live out the rest of his life long and happy and healthy and that this was just one scary moment that, of course, he'll never forget, but one that will not impact him the rest of his days as far as, you know, his health goes and the longevity of his life. So, um, again, we'll move on because we don't want to spend the whole time talking about that. It's obviously a tough subject to talk about. It's an important thing to talk about considering it is the biggest story in the NFL. At least it was on Monday night and then Tuesday as I'm again I'm recording this right around 4 o'clock on uh, January 3rd for, of course, your Wednesday episode here on Locked on Panthers. But um, let's talk Panthers as awkwardly as we can now. So it is Coach Carousel rumor time in the NFL. I'm going to give this blanket statement right now. Do not trust and believe everything that you see out there. There are a few people that I trust when it comes to certain things. In the NBA, I trust Sham Sharania. I trust Adrian Wojnarowski. Like, those are the guys that I trust. In the NFL, I trust Adam Schefter, Ian Rappaport, and really anyone like Tom Pelissero or uh, Mike Garofolo, any of those folks who work for the NFL Network as insiders. I, of course, trust um, Chris Mortensen over at ESPN.com. I think Jeremy Fowler and Dan Graziano do a great job. Jay Glazer, a little hit and miss, but I, I do trust what comes out of Jay Glazer's mouth and what he reports. There's not too many people outside of that that I trust. Now, there's certain local beat reporters who have been around for a long time, like um, when John McClain used to work for the Houston Chronicle covering the Texans. Like, if John McClain reported something, I believe that. Peter King, also one of those people. I don't believe everything I see there and especially when it comes to like hey Jim Harbaugh maybe Bruce Feldman who covers college football does a great job for the athletic he's someone I trust as well so there's very few and far between the amount of people I really trust that are going to put out good source information that can be reliable so I want you to recognize who to believe and who not to believe not to say that some of the people we're going to bring up today are not reliable but I'm just telling y'all as we go through this process, 
don't believe everything that you hear as far as it pertains to the Carolina Panthers and who they may be interested in, who they may have talked to, who might not be getting the job and all that. I'm going to try to do my best to keep you informed and parse out all the bull from what's actually real. So right now, the conversation centers around Jim Harbaugh and his interests in the Carolina Panthers. Now, it started on Tuesday, or sorry, Monday, when Bruce Feldman from The Athletic reported that multiple sources close to Jim Harbaugh told The Athletic that they expect that he will leave Michigan for the NFL if a franchise offers him a coaching job. If a franchise offers him a coaching job. Last year, Jim Harbaugh interviewed for the Vikings, did not get offered the job. Kevin O'Connell got that. Currently, the Vikings are 12-4 and with a minus 19-point differential. What a season they've had up there in Minnesota, 11-0 in one-score game. So Jim Harbaugh had the interest in doing that. He told the AD there at Michigan, Ward Manuel, that this would not be an annual occurrence, that I'm going to chase it one time, that I'm going to stick here with Michigan. Well, Jim Harbaugh... You should never believe anything like that because Jim Harbaugh is a different kind of dude. Now, we found out also, it was reported on Monday by Will Kunkel of Charlotte Sports Live on uh, Queen City News, the Fox affiliate here in Charlotte, that Jim Harbaugh has made it known he's sincere in his interest in the Panthers head coaching job. He likes the roster and loves the opportunity. He also said, Will Kunkel did, that the Broncos job is not as attractive to Harbaugh because of Herbert and Mahomes in the same division. John U. Bacon, a New York Times bestselling author and a Michigan alum who is one of those people who's very plugged into the University of Michigan. So when I see something come from the University of Michigan and I see John U. Bacon say it, I believe it to be true. He says from very good sources, the possibility of Harbaugh leaving for the NFL is real. Could even happen fast. Nothing final, but if he goes, it would not be because it would not be because of money, NIL, control, or just about anything regarding University of Michigan but it would be about his growing frustrations with college football itself, which makes all the sense considering the transfer portal, how a lot of these players are getting bought off of rosters and not saying it's a bad thing, but it is a mess right now with NIL and the transfer portal both coming at the same time in college football and coaches really not knowing who's going to be on the roster and then being able to figure out scholarships and all that kind of stuff. It's a mess. And Jim Harbaugh's had success the last couple of years. Maybe he thinks that it's time to move on. And then on Tuesday, Will Kunkel, also again, who reported that Jim Harbaugh had interest in Carolina on Monday and not interest in the Broncos, he came out and said on Tuesday morning that Panthers owner David Tepper and Jim Harbaugh had have, have had a conversation about Carolina's head coaching vacancy. The talk was not a job interview, only a conversation. The Panthers will not formally begin their coaching search until after the season. By the way, by league rule, they can't do it anyways. So otherwise, it would be tampering, especially for a current coach in the NFL, which is what David Tepper likely wants. So Jim Harbaugh apparently talked to David Tepper, and this has also been confirmed by Joe Person, the beat writer for the Carolina Panthers for The Athletic, and he's one of those people where local beat writers, if they report it, I believe it, Joe Person, that's one of those guys. Will Kunkel broke the Will Healy story, the former head coach at UNC Charlotte getting fired. He's the first one to have it. Not necessarily a surprising development that Will Healy got fired, but Will Kunkel broke that. So this is now twice in a row that Will Kunkel has put out a report that has some merit to it. So starting to trust Will a lot more. Not saying I never really trusted him before. I like Will. Nice guy. I've been on the show with him before. Good dude. I have no problem with him. I just, by my nature, don't really see TV reporters 
um, and like radio hosts as reliable sources when it comes to this kind of insider game. But Will looks like somebody you guys can trust moving forward. So write him down on your list as far as it pertains to the Carolina Panthers search. Very interesting that Jim Harbaugh comes up here. And I had someone who DM me on Monday night being like, hey, please talk about Harbaugh. He's like, he played here. Well, I went on the wiki page. Jim Harbaugh played a grand total of six games for the Carolina Panthers back during the 1-15 2001 season where he did not play a single snap. So I have a hard time imagining that Jim Harbaugh has the warm and fuzzies about the Carolina Panthers and his time spent here in Charlotte. Not to say that that's going to be a deterrent because clearly he has interest in the job reportedly with Will, from Will and Joe and the fact that he's spoken to David Tepper about the job. When did this occur? I don't know. But the fact that he's actually talked to David Tepper, because it, it could also be his representation, because a lot of this is a representation, goes behind closed doors, has a conversation with the owner to kind of see, gauge interest. But if Jim Harbaugh himself had a conversation, then that's something right there. And it would not be that bad of a hire, in my opinion. I'll tell you why in just a moment here on Locked On Panthers. As a small business owner or hiring manager, you know that success in 2023 all depends on the team members you surround yourself with. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve your goals. LinkedIn Jobs helps you quickly attract qualified candidates to your open jobs and targeting tools. They go beyond resume data by using insights from your job post company and their 875 million member profiles to put your posts in front of the most qualified candidates. Identify the most qualified candidates on LinkedIn jobs and connect with them fast and for free. LinkedIn jobs makes it easy to screen and rate applicants based on your job qualifications all on one platform. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Would Jim Harbaugh be a good hire for the Carolina Panthers? I have a hard time seeing it being a bad hire for the Carolina Panthers. And I know some of you are going to say, well, Jim Harbaugh is a college coach. Did you forget that Jim Harbaugh coached four seasons in the NFL between 2011 and 2014? for the San Francisco 49ers. And when he was a 49ers head coach, he went 44-19-1. y'all, in four seasons. I think we would take that here in Carolina because have we ever had that much success over a four-season period? And we've never had back-to-back winning seasons. Neither have we had three straight. But 44-19-1? I like that. If you go look at those seasons... 2011, 13-3, lost to the New York Giants in the NFC Championship game. What happened that season for the New York Giants? They upset Tom Brady and the Patriots and won the Super Bowl. 2012, 
11-4-1, lost in the Harbaugh Bowl in the Super Bowl, down in New Orleans when the lights went off, to the Ravens, again, Super Bowl champion. So back-to-back years, lost to the eventual Super Bowl champion. 2013, they went 12-4, lost to the Seattle Seahawks in the NFC Championship game. Seattle went on to beat the Brakes off of Peyton Manning and the Broncos and win the Super Bowl. That was also the Richard Sherman-Michael Crabtree game where he went yelling at Aaron Andrews saying, don't talk about me, and she was freaking out like, oh, my God. And then his final year in 2014, he went 8-8. Eight and eight. Now, there's a lot more nuance, the whole Harbaugh conversation about how much he wears on his players and how, you know, it wasn't going to be something that was going to last longer than four years in the NFL. And then it wasn't even that long ago at Michigan where – after a two and four pandemic season, they were thinking about firing him. And most Michigan fans were done with Jim Harbaugh. Although we had had success, he just had not beaten Ohio State and hadn't gotten them to the playoff. Although he was very, very close to doing that. But hey, had Wilton Spate not had a bad shoulder and throw multiple interceptions in the game at the shoe back in 2016, he would have been able to do it. But okay, doesn't matter. He hadn't done it up until the last two years where they dominated Ohio State the past two seasons, but then lost in the semifinals most recently to TCU on New Year's Eve. So Jim Harbaugh allegedly has been attracted to the NFL again, outside from all the crazy stuff going on in college and the changing aspect of that sport, but also because he was so close to the Super Bowl. Twice he went to the NFC title game and lost. Once he went to the Super Bowl and lost to his brother. So you can only imagine a guy who had success in a brief period of time with one of the marquee franchises in the NFL looks at the opportunity of going back to the NFL and thinking, hey, I can have success again. Like, I... He was winning with Alex Smith. I mean, Colin Kaepernick as well, of course. So he has to think to himself, like, I can do this. I can come to another organization. I can find a solid foundation where I think here in Carolina you have a great offensive line. We'll see what happens with the running backs, especially um, more namely Deontay Foreman. Um, quarterback, they got to figure that out. But Jim Harbaugh's always been considered a quarterback guy. Now, since Andrew Luck at Stanford, I haven't seen him develop anyone at Michigan to make me feel like he's developing quarterbacks like J.J. McCarthy through two pick sixes, former five-star kid with IMG Academy. Um, I'm not really impressed by him. He can spin it. Like, he's when he was throwing those deep balls, it looked good. I'm just, like, not sold on him being, like, that dude because you look at next year's draft, we're talking about Drake May out of North Carolina. We're talking about Caleb Williams, the Heisman Trophy winner out of USC. Like, J.J. McCarthy should also be in that conversation, but he's not because he just has not developed to that point in time up to that level just yet. Maybe you can. We'll see. We've also seen guys like Jake Rudock, who I think had a cup of coffee in the NFL. It was an Iowa transfer. It was his first quarterback at Michigan for Jim Harbaugh. Uh, Wilton Spate wasn't great. Uh, John O'Corn wasn't great. Um, like Cade McNamara, nothing really special about him. He's not really had those quarterbacks um, during his time. Shea uh, Patterson, when he's been at Michigan. So we haven't really seen that development. I'm sure that's going to be something that's going to be talked about a lot about Jim Harbaugh. He's going to be a quarterback developer. And, of course, he played quarterback in the NFL. So he knows the position, and he's had success. But the fact that he's had success, the fact that he's an experienced head coach, he's won everywhere he's been at. And I know the, the rap on Harbaugh was, oh, well, he's never won a conference championship, didn't win one at San Diego in the Pioneer League, didn't win one at Stanford, even though you look at how bad Stanford was and what he did for them. And then, I mean, look at him now as David Shaw has moved on. And David Shaw did a great job taking over after Jim Harbaugh. That's a tough job. Only made tougher by NIL and the transfer portal. But Jim Harbaugh resuscitated Stanford. So he's a good coach. I've always been a fan of Jim Harbaugh. I was even a Jim Harbaugh defender up until the last couple years where I no longer have to defend him being like, see, he's a good coach. He wins. So if he comes to Carolina, I would expect him to have this team immediately competing for the playoffs. 
in hell, he might even have a team, depending on how Scott Fitter is able to build this roster in concert with Jim Harbaugh, he might even have them ready to compete for a Super Bowl because that's what happens when Jim Harbaugh is a coach in the NFL. His teams are right there competing for a conference championship or for the freaking Super Bowl. So I don't see that being a bad hire at all. Now you wonder, though, if Jim Harbaugh is going to come here, or at least he's having a conversation with David Tepper, does that mean that David Tepper is not interested in Steve Wilkes? Now Mark Ryan, who's the host of, over at the Fan Upstate in Greenville, South Carolina, tweeted out on Monday that an informed source tells him that Steve Wilkes at this point is unlikely to be the next Carolina Panthers head coach. The same source tells him that David Tepper has an affinity for 49ers defensive coordinator D'Amico Ryans, which every NFL owner who has an opening right now, Jim Irsay in Indianapolis, uh, the Penner family in Denver, should have an affinity for D'Amico Ryans, who has put together the best defense in the league. And you have to imagine that having the best defense in the league has only helped Mr. Irrelevant, Brock Purdy, go in and have success with the Niners in that offense this year. Not saying it's all because of D'Amico Ryans, Brock Purdy, played a really good football at Iowa State, and you're seeing experience and the value of that in college and the amount of starts that you have and how that can carry over to the NFL, where Brock Purdy looks pretty damn good so far for the 49ers. How good is he? I don't know. Not really all that concerned. But D'Amico Ryans absolutely should be among the candidate list, especially since David Tepper has to fulfill the Rooney rule by talking to two minority external candidates or external minority candidates. But it's not really a Rooney rule fulfillment for me. It's D'Amico Ryans can freaking coach ball. D'Amico Ryan's played at a high level in the NFL, and I think those players in this locker room would absolutely respect him if he came in here and Steve Wilkes is no longer the head coach. Now, I don't know how much I really believe that report. Mark, I met the guy before. I'm not really trying to say anything bad about him. Mm, I don't know how much I really trust it. Again, radio hosts, TV reporters, unless proven out or otherwise, and being con consistent, I have a hard time really believing what they say. Will Kunkel, he's doing pretty well right now. And his reports have also been confirmed by guys like Joe Person, who I respect, who I respect. I respect Will as well, but people who I trust. Mark Ryan, I don't know. I don't know how much I really believe in all that. And again, Mark, if you're listening to this, you hear this. I am not out here trying to disparage you. I am just sitting back here and I'm just thinking, hmm, I need more information out there to really buy into this. Would it surprise me if Steve Wilkes is unlikely to be the head coach? No, because he's always been unlikely to be the head coach here in Carolina. David Tepper made that known when he fired Matt Rule and elevated Steve Wilkes to the interim. That Steve would have to do an incredible job to even be considered. At 5-6, and six, I think he's done an incredible job. But there's a possibility where, had Steve gone 8-3 and three and won a division, it would be a lot easier, and that's what David Tepper really was talking about. Not 5-6 and six or 6-6. Six and six. We'll see how it works out. My opinion, as I've told y'all, Steve Wilkes has earned a job in the NFL as a head coach. Whether it's here in Carolina or elsewhere, he should be a head coach next year in the National Football League. I would love for it to be here in Carolina. But as I've also told y'all, David Tepper needs to cast a wide net. And if you're telling me Jim Harbaugh is a possibility, that's going to be tough to pass up. Although, I do wonder the locker room dynamics and how behind Jim Harbaugh these guys are going to get, considering how things fizzled late in San Francisco when they were even winning football games and how a lot of those guys to this day feel about Jim Harbaugh. Don't have that concern about with Steve Wilkes, but you also have to wonder over course 17 game season, can Steve Wilkes get it done? Is he going to be too conservative? Can he get the right offensive coordinator? Will he be paired with a good quarterback? All that is to be determined and we'll see if it works out. If he does become the head coach, I would still love for that to happen, but we're also not too far removed from Sunday. Chris Mortensen, who I trust from ESPN 
who's been breaking news for years about the NFL, saying that there is momentum building for Steve Wilkes to get the job. So what is it? Is it unlikely or is there momentum building? I am more likely to believe Chris Mortensen from ESPN, who's been doing this for decades and is rarely wrong, if ever. So I don't know. Just telling y'all again, finding people you trust, don't believe everything that you see out there. I had someone tweet at me, be like, your thoughts, my thought was no comment. Because I was just going to wait until the podcast where I could express my feelings and my view on it before necessarily going out there and saying it. Now, one last thing, because when I look at that report, I also go back to Dan Graziano of ESPN.com 20 days ago, probably 21 days ago as you're listening to this, when he has his, um, he does a thing with Jeremy Fowler where they put out their, like, their weekly notes of what they're hearing around the league as far as you know their source information. He put this out 20 days ago about the Carolina Panthers and their coaching search, saying, I continue to hear that Carolina Panthers team owner David Tepper is looking for a head coach of previous NFL head coaching experience. Jim Harbaugh fits that. Steve Wilkes fits that. He says the thing about this, he already has one. At that point in time, Carolina was 4-4 four and four since former Cardinals coach Steve Wilkes took over as the interim head coach following the firing of Matt Rule, but the Panthers have won three of their past four and are actually live in the extremely disappointing race the NFC South at the time, and they were 5-8 and eight at the time. Carolina's one game back in first place. What they were at the time, its remaining four games are all against teams of losing records. Steelers, who we know they lost to, the Lions, who they beat, the Bucks, who they lost to, and, of course, Saints coming up on Sunday. He said the Panthers are clearly playing hard for Steve Wilkes, which is important. And he went on to say also, if he wins the division, would he have a chance to convince Tepper to keep him keep him in the job? Well, of course, we know he didn't win the division, so that might hurt his chances. Graziano also went, out to, also went on to say that the list of potential candidates I've heard includes the likes of Marvin Lewis, the former Bengals head coach, which, okay, uh, Dan Quinn, who, of course, has a connection with Scott Fitter and their time spent in Seattle, former Falcons coach, currently the Cowboys defensive coordinator, former Vikings coach Leslie Frazier, who's the defensive coordinator up in Buffalo right now with the Bills, Frank Reich, who was formerly, who was recently fired by the Indianapolis Colts, a former Carolina Panther offensive guy, and, of course, everyone's Hail Mary, Sean Payton. So those are the names that he's heard. He also said, I also think you'll hear the names of some of the popular offensive coordinators connected with Carolina, which would be like a Shane Steichen up in Philadelphia. And he said, assuming, of course, they don't keep Wilkes, that seemed like a serious long shot when Rule got fired, but it seems less like that now. So, of course, that was written 21 days ago. Things have changed. He didn't win the division, but the guys are still playing hard for him. And we'll see how they bounce back on Sunday. I think a win would only help Steve Wilkes' case unless David Tepper is like, oh, my God, dude, what are you doing? My draft pick? I don't know. But I think it would just show even further how much these guys support him. We've heard from Shaq. We've heard from Derek Brown. So Graziano, Mortensen, kind of refuting what was put out there by Mark Ryan, two guys from ESPN that I think have a little bit more sources and guys that I trust more than Mark, what he put out there. But we'll see what's put out there. But, again, Rappaport, Schefter, Mortensen, Garofolo, um, Pelissero, I guess any guy with an Italian last name who works for NFL Network, like those are the guys that you should really trust. And, of course, Graziano and Fowler. And then there's some local people out there, like a Joe Person, who certainly I think you should trust. Will Kunkel doing a great job as well getting that information out there. It's going to be a long coaching search. It might only be a couple weeks, but it's going to feel long. So take a deep breath. And don't freak out over every report you see out there, or I'll even put that in quotes, report that you see out there, because a lot of it is just bullcrap. So I'll try my best to parse through the bullcrap and give you all the best information I can. But I thought today 
I would address those and just kind of, you know, give you a blanket statement of how I'm going to go about things moving forward here through the next weeks and maybe even a month as Carolina Panthers, David Tepper, namely, tries to find his next head coach here to take over the franchise. All right, that's going to wrap up this edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, hosted by yours, Julie. Julian Council, again, y'all make sure to watch the show, subscribe to the show over on our Locked On Panthers YouTube channel. You can click subscribe right there. And be sure to check out the podcast wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Be sure to rate, review, subscribe so you never miss a single episode of Locked On Panthers, either at me or DM me over on Twitter at Julian Council. Of course, click the follow button so you can participate in the weekly Friday mailbag here on Friday. In the meantime, be safe, be happy, be whole. As always, keep pounding. And I'll talk to you all on Thursday as I'll sit down with Ross Jackson for one last Locked On NFL Crossover Thursday presented by our friends over at Prize Picks. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.